You're listening to the Take Him With You podcast with Rick and Amy on the Stitcher Radio Network. Welcome to episode number 257 of the Take Him With You podcast for January 26, 2014. Welcome to the Taking With You podcast. We're back. We are. We are. At least part of the way back. <laughs> part of the way back? Are you not all the way back? Oh, it's tomorrow's Monday. Already. Already. And I feel like this weekend has flown by. Whoosh. But one thing I really enjoyed about this weekend, besides celebrating my son's birthday two days in a row, yeah, was that the sun was shining, and even though it was cold, I got to go work out in my garden some. Yeah, we had some sunshine. That was a blast. And, and that uh, might be why I'm kind of like, uh, tonight, because I've got out and got fresh air and sunshine. That always makes me sleepy at night. Yeah. You know, getting some exercise and fresh air just kind of puts you in the mood for a good night's sleep, I guess. Yeah. 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 So what have you been up to, dear? This last week? Yeah. Oh, uh, I did some video editing with a client. Mm-hmm. Um, Been working on some history songs, right? Yeah, I did some history songs. I worked on an album cover mm-hmm. and mastering of a CD for a lady that's going to um, have some CDs duplicated and stuff like that. Worked on some logos mm-hmm. and all sorts of other things. So I've been a busy boy this last week again. Again, yeah. And then I got to help uh, make a flower box for my studio window. Yeah, so we can pl- we can plant some flowers in there. and. Um, I need to get a little thing for my studio so I can open my curtains and have them stay open so I can get light in when I want. Yeah, that is a problem. That would be helpful. In the studio here, so people can understand, we have big, thick... <laughs> You've got the microphone sticking straight up. Oh. Here, put it towards you. We have big, wow, there you go. thick... Um, that what they're kind of like packing blankets, those really big, thick blankets that are made for soundproofing studios. Yeah, they've got little grommets to hang them from, and so we have that in your studio, which helps with soundproofing, but they aren't something that you can really look out the window through because they're really, really thick, you can't see anything through them. They don't so. care. Yeah. I just need to be able to put the curtains back against the side so I can see outside when I want. Yeah. Especially for my flowers I'm going to grow. Yeah. Well, when you're doing graphic work and, you know, non-voice work, you can you can yeah. have them I close open. them when I do the voice work so you don't hear outside. Mm-hmm. Or at least a little less. <coughs> yeah. Well, now that, that we had a bunch of kids in the neighborhood that, that uh, moved away. Uh-huh. And so now it's not nearly as noisy. Oh, my gosh. It was so noisy before compared to now. We have five houses on our lane. And right now. One has a little kid and the rest don't one, have anybody. And that's two houses away that have one child. So it's a lot less noisy than it had been. Yeah. Because um, we used to have, like, neighbors that had five little kids that felt like they needed to live at our house and yeah, eat our well, food we, and, and so we battle, visit with us all the time. Yeah, the biggest thing that we battle with is now lawnmowers and leaf blowers yeah we do have a neighbor an occasional that, hooting owl yeah 
And they there are different kind of and owls. Some crows. Like a, are you gonna really do this right here? Believe me, they're they're different hoot, and they go all through the day, which is really weird because I thought owls only did it at night. No, I don't know but if they're an owl or a bird or something. I don't know, but they make lots of, of noises. So if someone out there is a bird person, what kind of bird goes? I'm serious. My mom has some in her neighborhood. Welcome to too. Call of the Wild with Amy Moyer <laughs> and her specific bird calling calls. I, I do my mom's yard work too, and whenever I'm out working on her, she does her mom's yard work. And I hear the same birds out by her house too, but I've never seen them. But we always hear them. We hear them at our house, and we hear them at my mom's house. Yeah. Sometimes I have to run outside and scream and yell, and then I come back in and they get quiet. So then I come back in and do start working, and then as soon as I get to a quiet part, all of a sudden they start up again. Should I make the sound again? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but they do. The life of a voiceover artist. Yeah. You know, I have suggested that we move um, your voiceover equipment mm. over to where Andrew used to have his computers, kind of more into the middle. Yeah, and then I would room. look at a wall all day. I, mean, I can't do yeah. that. Yeah. That's a thing. I already have. It's already hard enough to work at home mm-hmm. in this in my studio here. Some I mean, people, at least it's a separate room from the some house. Some people say you're living the dream. I know, and I am, and I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that uh, if I'm going to live in the studio that I, I mean, work in the studio here at home, I'm going to have a window. Yeah. Because I want to be able to see. Well, we we have kind of an interesting issue because. I drive all week long, and so on the weekends, I want to stay home, and you work at home all week, so on the weekends, you'd like to go somewhere. <laughs> well, I like to, yeah. <laughs> so it's challenging. It's, that's what marriage is like. You know, they they have to know this. We, she kicked me we? out of the kitchen today. Oh, well, it was because he- Threw a little fit and kicked me out of the kitchen. He offered to do some prep work for me. I was making spaghetti- and I had to make two kinds because two of our kids are vegan. So I was making spaghetti and meatballs in one pot and a vegan spaghetti sauce in another. And so he offered to chop the vegetables for me because I was still doing some housework and things. So he brings his iPad in there and was watching A Fistful of Data's episode from Star Trek where What's the wrong computer with that? interfaces with There's nothing data wrong with that. The, the um, holodeck turns into all the characters turn into data. Have you? Do you like that uh, episode? Uh, for Star Trek, it's not bad. But then, do you know that I actually took that show and made it into a parody song? I'm sure you did, which we're not getting going to now because after yeah, watching that episode, then Rick starts in with this other one where I think it was like mining robots. And they find out they're kind of sentient. Kind of. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they start killing people. And I don't really like that episode because robots killing people is kind of freaky. And so I just said, why why don't you put something on Netflix that I would like to listen to? Something that I haven't heard 200 times already. Like I know all of the plots of every single That's not really fair because I was chopping the vegetables. I should watch what I want to watch. Well, then you should have had your earbuds in, so I didn't have to listen to it. You can't put your earbuds in when you're chopping. you got to be able to hear what you're doing. You could do one ear. I'd put one, one ear in. One ear? No. It's got to be in stereo if you're going to have your earphones in. 
When I'm working, I listen to and you. And okay. I usually yeah, only I know have that. one in. Yeah, it doesn't so work for me. So that I can hear if someone comes in and she kicked me out of the kitchen. Well, I didn't totally after kick throwing you, something on the floor. No, I threw you did too. A plastic bottle towards a garbage can in the recycling. Yeah. So, but I was just like, oh, I'm just tired of Star Trek. I, I don't can't mind. believe you're saying that. I don't mind if it's a new one, one that I haven't seen. At well, least this a was Fistful times. of Datas was a great episode. Do you have it all queued up? And here's the song that I wrote about it. You have it to Charlie up, Daniels' huh? band, The Devil Went Down to Georgia. Oh, great. This one's called When Jordy Was Linked Up with Data. Captain, we'd like your permission to take the engineering computer offline for a couple of hours. We're working on a new interface that would allow Data to act as an emergency backup in the event of a shipwide system's failure. In theory, my neural network should be able to sustain key systems until primary control is restored. When Data was linked up by Jordy, they were looking for a backup live. He would be used neural network views, a fancy space hard drive. When Worf barges into the captain's room and tries to make it work a lot, and the captain puts down his flute and says, Worf, let me tell you what. It's time for a vacation, and I know you need one too. So stop your work, cut being a jerk. Boy, don't make me order you. Now you work hard like a warrior boy, but you live with someone else too. I bet a fella not old against your code wants to spend some time with you. The boy said, I've got it all planned out with Barkley, it might be a wreck. Let's see who we arrest in the ancient west on the Enterprise hollow deck. Data link your neural net and Jordy tell the card. The system has been overloaded, Data's being bizarre. And if we turn the holodeck off before the story's done, but then we lose the father and the son. Sheriff Orff got his first case, said you're coming with me, you know. And Eli knew what he's gonna do, said, better let me go. He smirked at them in his jail cell and said with an evil hiss, my paw be joined by a band of thugs and then all sounds something like this. <laughs> You're a very funny man, Senor Eli. Got him, jefe. Where's my boy? supposed to be kidnapped now. Computer, please program. You want us to kill him, Senor Frank? No. He's more valuable to us. In the local saloon, Senior Frankie said, Sheriff, give me back my son. Worf says no, but where's the deputy go? The kidnap has been done. Problem in the core of the main machine. Trouble in the holiday subroutine. Showing up as the characters do. Can't fix the program, what do we do? Data? What? Why is a computer creating characters that look like Data? Where have they taken my son? <laughs> Where is he? Emperor Kemper, Sheriff. My paw ain't gonna like it if I come home all bruised. Wolf, wait! Counselor Durango helped Sheriff Wharf make a little trade. Meeting in the street, it was really neat, and he wasn't even afraid. Turning on his shield, he saves the day. Says, never come back, now get. Miss Annie hugs Wharf, and the Enterprise flies off into the sunset. Come to the core of the main machine. Trouble in the holiday subroutine. Ain't showing up as the characters do. Can't fix the program, what do we do? 
to remember, even though the holodeck safeguards may be off, this is still a program. If we can just get to the end of this story the way it was designed to play out, the program will automatically terminate. Moose, you little varmint. Yeehaw! Yeah. Country music at its finest mm-hmm. with Star Trek lyrics. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. I don't have one about the exocoms and the that's and fine. The robot that's, things. That's fine. They yeah. they didn't want to kill anybody. They were getting killed. Well, I wanted to kick you out of the kitchen because I had plans. So you were supposed to be doing your voiceover work this afternoon. Yeah, well, and I went too much out, noise in the neighborhood. I went out and worked in the yard for a while, and I guess I was part of the noise. So yes, you were. Moving, um, yeah. Garbage bins and recycling bins around. Mm-hmm. and um, But then I came back in, and I was going to um, um, load the dishwasher and do some things in the kitchen and sweep and mop and stuff. And I had plans to listen to um, oh, stop. Divergent. It's a... a <sighs> A series that my daughter-in-law is reading and my daughter's reading, and so I thought I'd want to get in on it. And so I got the audiobook from the library. What's on it CD. called? Divergent. Okay. And um, I'll let I'll maybe do a review of it once I get in further. I'm only about a third of the way into the first book. It's a series, so they're going to be coming out with a movie about it soon. All right. I think my daughter-in-law's on the second book, and my daughter's on the first book, but she's about two-thirds of the way through i'm only about a third of the way i think hmm. so it's, it seems like a really interesting series for anyone who likes um hunger games or um kind of that feel of a of kind of like a futuristic world where they have society has a little bit different <coughs> rules to it post-apocalyptic well, blah 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 i don't know if it's there's another series that I'm listening to while I'm driving to work. Um, I just finished the first book of it called Uglies. And it's also a series about kind of a mm. futuristic world with different rules for society. Like the Uglies book, um, everyone in the cities um, has to get plastic surgery when they turn like 16 or 17 or something. They all get made pretty and they all have this idea of what looks pretty they it sounded kind of creepy to me like one of those brat dolls where they have big lips and big eyes and they all i don't know seems kind of weird but they make them you know their skin perfect and they do all this stuff so they so they basically make them into anime characters i guess it's really strange and but the thing is, do their lips move with how they talk though? Yeah, but but um, there are some people that rebel and run away because they don't want to be part of that system. Okay. So, and the same way with I don't know this this divergent, it has a different system that's set up where there's different kind <coughs> of um, cliques of people, and you have to choose which clickier in but every once in a while you have someone that's divergent and they don't really fit into a certain click okay and the main character is one of these people she chose to be in this one group of people right and is going through initiation at this point that i'm reading in but um 
but she's someone that actually has strengths in several different areas, which is uncommon. So usually, <laughs> usually you have someone that is very black and white, and that's one click. And you have someone that's a real peaceful, serving kind of person that, like, wants to help the poor and is, is very reserved but caring at the same time, selfless. Okay. And you have kind of more of a militaristic, very courageous click. Then there's a very intellectual click. And it's not just a click. It's like a whole branch of society. You join their kind of class, <coughs> an okay. intellectual class, kind of a warrior class. What is, what is this in now? That one is the one I'm listening to right now called Divergent, and it's going to okay. be made into a movie. Are you sure it's not Divergence? Divergence? I don't know. I'm not sure. It's in the kitchen. But they're making it into a movie soon, and it's a, a, a youth fiction, young adult fiction, not um, for you know teenagers, but um, it's pretty interesting, pretty good. Okay. Um. I, I've kind of got into re reading or listening to different series that my daughter's in, so we can kind of talk about them, and we enjoy that. Kind mm. of our own little book club. And my daughter-in-law's a big reader, too. Actually, both my daughter-in-laws like to read, but... So it's kind of fun. Okay. Yeah, kind of... I've always been kind of a geeky book person. So what else did you do this week? Um, Worked. Okay. I went to the Y once. Went swimming. Okay. Um, stretching class. <laughs> um, I, I got, went to the chiropractor for my back. Actually, tonight my back's actually not feeling too bad, so I'm really happy about that. Mm -hmm. So, um, we'll see. Hopefully, I can keep it up. I'm trying to be very conscious about how I move my back, and if I am starting to feel pain, I figure out a different way to move that doesn't hurt so bad. <laughs> and I bought you. I bought you a bottle of Geritol. No, but I do take handfuls of vitamins every day <laughs> that are supposed to help with the inflammation. <laughs> Isn't it interesting getting older? <laughs> the alternative to getting older is dying, dying. younger. <laughs> yeah. So, so I guess I can't complain about taking the the vitamins that are supposed to help with. No, you can't. Yeah. 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 Fun stuff. So. Yeah, just we celebrated our son's birthday by taking him to lunch yesterday. Our oldest is 24 years old now. Yeah, we took him to lunch yesterday. His wife was working, and then we we were all supposed to go to Olympia to meet with your mom and dad, but your dad was under the weather today. So yeah. we just ended up having a, a somewhat simple spaghetti dinner and various gluten-free and vegan and non-gluten-free and, and non vegan <laughs> styles <laughs> tonight and played um apples, to, apples apples. to apples and just hung out with the kids that's why our podcast is coming out so late because we hung out we with almost didn't kids. do the podcast i know one I of the nice like, things oh, though is last okay. night mm -hmm. um because of the way that things worked out on the weekend um i have a job i got to get done now but um i had a little lull just because I needed to start some other projects and work on other things. I just took a little bit of break because I need to do that every once in a while. Mm -hmm. And we watched a couple movies. As w and our subject today is talking about the two movies we we're going to review. Two movies that we watched. Yeah, we went to the, the Red Box. The Red Box, not the Blue Box, not the Black Box. 
You know, that was such an Not awesome... the green box. Whoever came up with the idea of the Of a vending box, machine with DVDs and Blu-rays in it? That was so awesome. Yeah, they make a lot of money. Well, plus, before, because we live... Back in the day, we used to rent movies for... Well, they started off, we buy VHS movies, we rent them for $3 for like one... You just had for one night. I think they were for one night. And if you didn't... Bring it back, you got charged as much as the money. Yeah. And you had to rewind them, too. Mm-hmm. Then as time went on... And we had to rent a VCR because yeah, we didn't, we didn't have, a, even VCR have a VCR when we were first married. Then as time went on, mm-hmm. then you got the movies for a little bit longer. Then places like Blockbuster came out where you go in and you rent the, the VHS tape for a period of time. And then they switched from VHS to DVD. Mm-hmm. And then you could, and then it went up in price. And pretty soon, they were almost eight dollars to rent a movie. I can't remember six that, to eight dollars. I think it was. But it was still cheaper than taking your whole family out to the movie theater. Correct. Because that was like Correct. you had to get a bank loan to go to the movies if you had several kids. But then somebody got this great idea, which basically put, I mean, Netflix put a lot of these places out because you, mean- you could pay like eight dollars. A month or eight to ten dollars a month, and get these movies sent to you right to your house, mm-hmm. and that and you could get them. And you, we then, actually did that for a while. Yeah, we did. And then mm-hmm. they, you know, Netflix went to a the lot of streaming. streaming stuff. But but now mm-hmm. they have this thing called here in the states. They have a thing called Redbox, mm-hmm. and it's basically a vending machine that you put your credit card through or your debit card through, and it spits out a DVD or a Blu-ray. And they only charge you a dollar. I think it's a dollar twenty for a DVD and a dollar fifty for mm-hmm. or dollar sixty for a for a Blu-ray. Fifty for a Blu-ray and two dollars for a game for a, vi- a video which game. Which our oldest son used to buy video games and spend a lot of money on them, but he would beat them in two or three days or maybe a week. Right. So now it's and cheaper. Now it's a lot cheaper if he could get one on the weekend <coughs> if he's not working a lot. Yeah. So if you keep yeah. the, if you keep the movie past 24 hours they charge you again yeah so it just keeps charging you a dollar 20 every day you're late and i think if you go past 25 dollars or then they, something then you own, the then movie. you own it <laughs> if you decide you want to keep it right you just keep but it doesn't it have any the, the cover it doesn't have any special pe- features on most yeah. of them but what whoever came up with that idea was, was really, really brilliant smart. because now we can rent a movie and even if we don't get a chance to watch it we can keep it for a couple of days until we send it give it back and it's a lot mm-hmm. cheaper yeah. But and, now, and they don't have all the movies. You didn't even t- say my favorite part. What's your favorite part? Favorite, it's at 7 Eleven. It's at 7 Eleven, which is only like a mile and a half, two miles from our house. Yeah. Where before we had to drive 10 minutes either to, well, probably to Aberdeen or to Montesino. 15 we're minutes we're halfway in between two towns. Right. So if we were to go to Blockbuster when we had a Blockbuster, um, you know, now it's a pet store. Ten minutes away. Now they will have pets. And it was just inconvenient. But now we can go get a red box twenty four hours a day, anytime we want. We can drop it off anytime we want. If the machine's working, yeah. Most yeah. of the time it is. Yeah, I have But the other part is convenient about this uh-huh. too is they have a red box at Walmart. Uh-huh. So, so you can actually rent the movie out here, and then if you're going to town, uh-huh. you can it drop off it off at Walmart. Or vice versa. Yeah, and then they have more at the different 7-Elevens mm-hmm. around town. So you can and actually... And for people who don't live in the state, should you explain what a 7-Eleven is? It's just a little convenience store. 
And it started out because it was open from 7 in the morning to 11 at and night. And now they're 24. They should call them 24. Yeah. But they were a convenience store that had longer hours. It used to be, you right. know, than a grocery store. But yeah. now grocery stores are usually open that much. They're the ones now. that have Slurpees. Yeah. The famous Slurpees. Yes. So there you go. That's our excitement. So we watched, we rented two movies. Mm-hmm. And we actually watched them last night. And both, they were completely different movies. Mm-hmm. But They're different than we usually watch, but they were really well made. I mean, they weren't necessarily family films they I were, wanted to watch the Lone Ranger but they were out yeah well we'll talk about the movies um <coughs> would I recommend them for small children probably well, not we're not talking with them about it yet but we'll talk about wait them. we'll be back and we're going to talk about the movies Captain Phillips uh-huh and the butler okay you just yawned I did it's stick late. around we'll be right back to talk about those movies if you care to listen Thanks, everybody. So we put it into our little player. And we start out, the first one we watched was called The Butler. Now, we'd heard good things about the movie. I don't remember who from. I can't remember either. But we thought we would watch but it. I, I enjoy history a lot. Mm-hmm. And and because this is based on a real person, vaguely. I mean, I think. It's not. No, not this one wasn't lot. the same as the second. The second movie was based okay. on a real story. But, but it was. The, the Butler was extrapolated or inspired i guess would be the better historical fiction um it's historical fiction but there was a real butler at the white house who served under eight presidents Uh and so they took that concept of wow what would it be like to tell the story of the civil rights movement from the perspective of someone who worked in the White House for eight administrations, eight different presidents, and to see how eight different presidents handled the series of events that transpired um, to bring about civil rights. Right. So it was very fascinating from, I mean, it wasn't all factual, but it was inspired by things that really happened. And I, I don't know, it was it was pretty fascinating. And some of the different people that they got to play the different presidents cracked me up, but they did a really good job. Like one of the presidents um, was Robin Williams, who you wouldn't normally think of in a dramatic role very often. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did a great job. Yeah. He was only on there for a short time. But the main the main stars though, uh-huh. um, were some big names. Uh, Forrest Whitaker played Cecil. Yeah. And also, um, Oprah Winfrey played his wife. Yeah, and did a really good job. I was really shocked. Well, she, you know, she won Oscars for The Color Purple, and she was in... Um, I didn't know that Mariah Root. Carey was in it. Did you see her? Mariah Carey was the main character's mother. She was only on there for 
a couple minutes which, right which, at the beginning of the film. Which main character? The butler, when he was a boy. Oh, she was. Oh, his was she? Mother. Was that her? Mm-hmm. Oh. She had she had her hair up in a in a. I didn't realize it, but yeah, she yeah. was in the movie. I didn't realize who that was. She played. Well, like well they a, had Van- Vanessa Redgrave was in it. Remember, she's from that movie you really like oh, about. Oh yeah. Uh, um, Letters to Juliet. To Juliet, yeah. Very classy lady. She, but she played kind of a mean person in that. Yeah. Well, kind yeah. of and not kind of. She was a Georgian kind of plantation owner, and she's the one that actually was responsible for getting the young boy out of the cotton fields and teaching him how to be. Okay, a so we'll, okay, so from this point on, we're going to talk a, a bit about the spoilers. So if you haven't watched the movie or you think this would mess the movie up for you. Then you can don't, fast forward. Yeah. Right? If you want to listen, I mean, we're just going to review the movies today. That's all we're doing. We're talking about it. But um, let's let's go ahead and talk about that now. So just for you, everybody's information, if you haven't seen The Butler and you don't want it spoiled, then don't listen. But if you don't care, then listen because mm-hmm. we're going to have but a fun if discussion. if you don't think that you're going to watch it but you're curious about U.S. history, um, I don't know. It was pretty well, interesting. Well, basically the movie follows this this butler that goes From through eight, pres- eight presidencies, well, but mm-hmm. it also covers the civil rights movement mm-hmm. through our country and through the presidents. It's really, it was really well done that way. And but, so but we got I to see. But I have to say, if you have young children, it's extremely graphic. Yeah, it wasn't parts. something that. I mean, uh, it, it shows people being hanged. Um, shot shot um well and it, um, it even gives and, a glimpse of the Ku Klux Klan and uh, it civil it, unrest it implies, and you know protests owners raping the women and, right I mean it 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 was pretty graphic um sadly those things happened here in the U.S. well at least you know a lot of movies will will uh, just touch on different things this one actually Got right in there, and they did a fairly accurate job. I felt mm-hmm. on on talking about you know, or in showing what our country went through. We don't understand nowadays, unless maybe you live still down in the south and stuff, and, and where there's there's still some tension and stuff, or or if you live in a big city where there's racial tension. You and I, Amy, mm-hmm. don't really see it here. No, well, and don't experience it here. But we never in our lifetime. I mean, I mean, it happened when we were young, but we didn't know. We didn't know what was going on. Yeah, to me, where people were treated so horrible, where they, I mean, they had separate drinking fountains. They, yeah. There was places and restaurants they had to. There, I mean, it was it was really ridiculous. I couldn't believe okay. that human beings would be so cruel. The, this is one of the things that gets me because this is a podcast that we're doing from our perspective. As believers in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says that if we're his followers, that there is neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female. Basically, there is no different race. If you're right. a believer. There's the human race. There's the human race. There is a family of God. We're God's children. Right. There isn't different races just because you have different skin. Mm-hmm. There may be different cultural things. You know, I mean. Even in, in Caucasian people or black people or tan people, because of where you grew up, even in the Scandinavian nations where a lot of my ancestors are from, um, 
sometimes there's different ethnical th ethnic things or cultural things that even in the Scandinavian cultures they might do differently. Mm -hmm. um, those are cultural things, but as far I really don't believe in different races. I believe that we are the human race, and I think that movies like this one really help come around to that a little bit at the end i i think um at the beginning it was horrible but i remember when i was a little girl um my grandma was a you know of a different time and her she was very prejudiced yeah, my grandma was a bit prejudiced, but my even mom, though she had come from another country. Yeah, bit, my yeah. mom was an immigrant, but my grandma—I mean, my grandma was an immigrant from from Finland, Swedish Finn. But she would sometimes say things mean about immigrants. I'm going, what, Grandma, you were immigrant, you know? <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, she was like, well, she came through Ellis Island and studied for her citizenship, and you know, would get kind of hoity-toity, but um. Her next-door neighbor, she lived in a very um, ethnically diverse neighborhood mm -hmm. in Seattle. Yeah. So she had um, people from China, people from Italy. She had African-Americans. There was a very diverse neighborhood, not very far from Ballard, which was very Scandinavian. But mm -hmm. all that to say, her next-door neighbors had a large family, um, and they were African-American. And when I was a little kid... Um, I would go play with them. You know, my brother and I would ride bikes and, and play with the kids. And my grandma, I remember her saying, you're letting them play with those. I'm not going to say what she said. You know, I don't, bad word, yeah. no, I don't think she said, I think she made colored children or something. Right. And my mom just goes, mom, they're just kids, you know? And, and I think that was a good lesson for me um, that my mom set a president. You know, people are people. Kids are kids. There's there's no difference um, just because their skin's darker. I mean, right. we look like mayonnaise. That doesn't make us any better. That's all right. We're the Moyer mayonnaise clan. It just means that we That's glow right, no. in the dark. That's <laughs> right, we do. <laughs> but, um, We're best foods. I, I, we're, my side of the family have been really blessed because we've adopted, my brothers have adopted um, five kids. Yeah. Um, two from the Philippines and three from Brazil with, you know, different ethnic backgrounds. And we finally get some color in our family. It's nice. <laughs> but, you know, our kids are kids. Yeah. And But anyway, at the beginning of this movie, it, it started out in Georgia, and it definitely was not that way. It oh, was it definitely was the sad. white people had all the power. Yeah. And the black people were treated like animals, and it was horrid. It was yeah, just the, horrible. So the beginning of the movie is quite graphic and very disheartening and hard. But as it goes, uh, what happens is uh, we follow this kid who basically loses his family to the slave owners. Mm -hmm. and, we f and we follow this kid as he grows up, and then mm -hmm. um, when he becomes a... Um, he becomes a servant and does all these different things. Anyway, he uh, he gets a job at the White House. Long story. As but, a butler. Yeah. yeah, we're going to just go through it quickly there. But uh, gets a job at the White House, and we watch um, their son, in the, uh, again, historical fiction, mm -hmm. their son joins the Freedom Train in the Civil Rights Movement and then becomes a Black Panther. 
you know, and so we get to see these different things and how the family is torn apart inside over different things. One of the sons goes to Vietnam. Uh, it, it, but we follow this butler through these different administrations, yeah. and we see pres- some of the presidents that were very compassionate and kind. And then we see others that politically were for civil rights, but but really weren't when it came down to uh, yeah. what they really believed themselves. But they politically had to toe the line. And then we saw, you know, we saw all the things how the the uh, black staff, um, the African American staff at the uh, White House was paid less than less, their counterparts 40 like percent less or right. something then and the, we, we get to see it that went all the way up until nixon and it still happens with women today yeah often, it does that it's not uncommon for men yeah. and women i know my mom faced that when she was working yeah, as a manager in the all the uh, retail clothing all the male managers in the network got paid Several significantly more, more than mom did, yeah, per year than she did, and it was only because she was a woman, mm-hmm. and she did, you know, great job, and yeah, but did well now, for that company. I know this is off subject, but I mentioned about some of the different people that played the presidents. Yeah, um, can you look down to who played Ronald Reagan? I can't remember his name, but for those who are Harry Potter fans, um, there was Richard Nixon. <laughs> and it, yeah, who played Richard? Uh, not Richard Nixon. Who played Ronald Reagan? I'm looking. It it's a guy from Harry Potter, the one that um. Alan Rickman. Snape. Snipes. Snipes. Is it Snipes? Snipes. The Snape, one. Snipes. 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 The one that all the way through, you're not sure if he hated Harry or if he was looking out for and Harry. And Jane Fonda played Nancy Reagan, and she, she nailed did it. A good job. And I was surprised because Nancy was such a petite woman. Mm-hmm. But she and did I'm it. And I'm going, how are they going to do this? But they yes, the, between the yeah. costuming, the hairstyle. She actually looked better than most of the rest of the. Yeah. They, they did a really good they job. They did on a her good thumb. job finding people that were. The guy very that played similar. Kennedy was really oh, good. And his the guy that played Kennedy, his voice was just like. You just felt like. It was you James were... Mar- Marston played John F. Kennedy. Did a great job. Did and, an awesome uh, job. Oh, and the lady who played Jacqueline Kennedy. I'm not sure that I. Minka Kelly is her name. There was that was a pretty poignant scene. Oh, when, my. When the butler was trying to see what he could do to help her and. She was covered in Kennedy's blood, uh-huh. and she refused to change her clothes because she wanted people to see what they had done to her husband. You know, it was just pretty. I mean, she obviously was kind of in shock at that point. Yeah. And she's just like, but, yeah, it was, uh, I think that for adults who can handle the graphic nature of it, it mm-hmm. was a powerful movie. Um, yeah, it was. And, and it reminds us, you know, it, it it brings up some things about passive resistance and Gandhi. And and there's some scenes at church um, and pastors sharing. And there's aspects of faith throughout the movie, not really pushy. It definitely was not a religious movie even though there no. are aspects of faith well in it. They, they wouldn't they i remember them being in church and stuff like that yeah. a couple of times but it was more of a cultural thing than a religious yeah but but i think just the dignity that 
that the butler had that he kept going through all those years have been of being treated basically like an invisible person mm -hmm. and every once in a while you would see one of the presidents give him a gift right or you know someone saying you know john wanted you to have the, this tie right and this other president gave him a tie clip and so every once in a while he wasn't invisible and Boy, there was a ton of people they would room. ask him you know what he thought about about things and at first when he was hired they said you're not to be political you're to be invisible and oh it was and, john and cusack that played richard nixon yeah great he, job he did he didn't look job. like him no but he played a great nixon he did a good job on it yeah yeah, I you know I think it was hard. Robin Williams. I was shocked that he played Dwight uh, Dwight D Eisenhower. But he did a pretty good job too. He really did. I was like, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they had a very full cast, and it was interesting. I I feel for the screenwriters on this because basically they had to do like nine mini movies movies <laughs> because they covered the different eras, different presidential eras, and. It but actually, what, but wouldn't yeah. you say that the by by the end of the movie they followed it all the way up to mm -hmm. where Barack Obama became president, and uh, it was it was just a real moving, touching story of how far we've come, mm -hmm. and it, it was just it was a it was really interesting, and I think you know for history wise, I think everybody should see it. Well, and even though. I, I really haven't had to deal with the race issue. Um, being a woman, you know, I've read a lot of books about um, different periods of our history here in the U.S. when women didn't have the right to vote. Actually, I believe black males, mm -hmm. African-American males, had the right to vote before women did. I don't know. I have to look that up, but um, women have often been considered second-class citizens. And my great-grandmother, she was a stay-at-home mom, a farmer's wife, a, basically a um, homesteader's wife, um, had nine children. She wouldn't be what you would consider a feminist by any means. Mm -hmm. And yet um, she was what they would call a temperance union woman mm -hmm. and wanted women to get the right to vote because when she was um, a young woman, women didn't have the right really to own property. It was very rare for women to own property. Yeah, It was very rare for women to have any say what happened to any money that came into the family, even if they earned it, their husbands could go off and drink and carouse and gamble and spend all the money and not they wouldn't have money to feed their children. They had they were just basically domestic slaves <laughs> yeah. and had no rights. Um and so it was you know, in my family history that was something that, you know, was very important to my grandmother that um, she she wanted to work for a better country for her children 
that her daughters would would have more oh my we're missing one all the pets have come into the room where we're podcasting two of them are on the recliner behind our podcasting area one's on the floor but we're missing our our fourth pet probably on our bed miles yeah yeah well okay so the movie was surprise for me mm-hmm. it was surprisingly good I didn't know what to expect and I didn't know if I would like it or not mm-hmm. but I actually enjoyed the movie it was it was educational it was touching and it also was a great reminder of where we've come from and how we don't want to go there again yeah so it was it was a fascinating movie so I, I highly recommend it I mean it's got some rough parts in it but but for as an adult, Mm-hmm. I highly recommend watching it and and you know I'm sure there were parts that weren't as accurate as they could be but but I thought it was a a, a good movie. Well, and I think it's interesting too that not sci-fi but for know, the most part they should have some space aliens on it. There there were some some violent aspects to it um but I think I I think films like this are good to make us think about today. Who are we marginalizing? Who are we not giving value to? Yeah. Are we living a compassionate lifestyle where we treat people with honor and respect? Yeah. And I think that that's important, you know, because sometimes people may be having civil rights on paper but as we know from bullying in grade schools, it doesn't matter. Sometimes kids are bullied or marginalized just because they don't have the right clothes on. Or maybe they're not as athletic or as smart. And I just think it's good to remember that all people are God's children and we should treat them in a loving way. Yeah. So it's called Lee Daniels, The Butler. Uh, was made in 2013. Um, it was directed by Lee Daniels. He also wrote wrote it. No, it was written by Danny Strong, but directed by Lee Daniels. So um, there you go. If you mm-hmm. feel like watching it, you should. It's it's a good movie. Yeah, and if you have a red box around, it's only a dollar twenty for the the DVD. <laughs> Unless you don't live in the United States, and then um, yeah. Then it might not matter to you because it's basically about the United States. Okay. We'll be right back and we're going to talk about uh, the movie called Captain Phillips right after this. Okay. Switching gears now, we watched a completely different type of movie, not only in its content, but the the style of the movie and how it was Mm -hmm. filmed. The music, the whole thing was completely different. And I, I have to say again, I didn't expect what I saw. And I was pleasantly surprised. I was I was a little bit more in and out on that one. But because it's just not necessarily a style that I prefer. Mm-hmm. But I followed it enough <laughs> that I, I appreciated it at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it, okay. So the movie is called Captain Phillips, starring Tom Hanks. Right, and uh, he was. Uh, it was actually based on a real true story that happened. Yeah. 
That was the freakiest part about it. And, and I think... this is the synopsis. is a, a true story of Captain Richard Phillips and the 2009 hijacking by Somali pirates of the U.S. flagged MV, uh, what, how do you say it? Mar- I don't remember how they say it, Marisic, Alabama, the first American cargo ship to be hijacked in 200 years. Directed by Paul Greengrass, and the writers of the screenplay, I guess, was Billy Ray, uh, Richard Phillips, of course. Uh, it was based on the book that he wrote called A Captain's Duty, Somali Pirates, Navy Seals, and Dangerous Days at Sea. So, um, yeah, starred Tom Hanks, Barkhad Abdai, Barkhad Abdirman, I can't even say his name, and several others. But, uh, wow, what a movie. Mm-hmm. It, it, and yeah, I didn't expect it. I thought it was going to be, um, I thought it was going to be a lot, I don't know how to describe it. Um, I expect it to be a lot rougher as far as um, taking things to an extreme in the way that they, they did the movie, even though there were some really awful situations and scary times. it They didn't do it over the top, if that makes sense. It, I mean, they were tr- they were telling a well, true story. They, they tried to do it realistic, yeah. and I think they got it pretty convincingly yeah. realistic. So, okay, so again, here we go. We're gonna ha- give us some spoilers, but um, I mean, basically, we all know it, it did unfold in the news. So, if you followed that at all, they basically took his story and they created the movie off of the of mm-hmm. Captain Phillips' story. So, what happens is there's a big cargo ship. Mm-hmm. And it's going it's going up the coast. I thought it was going down the coast of Africa. I thought it was going up the coast of Africa. Weren't they going from down below and coming up sailing around the the horn and then up? I think they were. Okay. Well, I was confused by that. But well, anyway, we they follow, were going around Africa somehow. Yeah, and we follow a group of pirates who were basically Somali terrorists or pirates yeah yeah and they were trying to get money and they were being forced into some really bad situations it was a rough situation and so they decided to go get themselves you know a payload and so they were going to um take over this cargo ship and and the sad part is mm-hmm. the cargo ship was mostly taking food and water to starving people um, and so most of the cargo was relief supplies. Which is crazy. Which is kind of crazy that they're, I don't know. But long story short, mm-hmm. this band of not very many um, I think uh, six, pirates yeah, six with automatic weapons and everything, they, uh, they attempt to take the ship once and it doesn't work. But they come back the next day with a bigger boat, faster boat. And even though um, I kept wondering why... If this these waters were troubled and the, this kind of stuff, I guess it, it hadn't happened in two hundred years. And and this, but I was wondering why the ship didn't have some defense capabilities. Yeah, there was. They had no weapons. They yeah, had which I hoses. was thinking. Yeah, hoses, but they I didn't see water, one gun. They had water hoses that they can pump water out to kind of discourage people. I would imagine now. Anything that happens down in those areas has they have guns on the ship now. Some defenses. I don't know. But uh, anyway, uh, mm-hmm. the long story short, the ter- or the terrorists, the pirates get on the ship, mm-hmm. and they try to commandeer it, commandeer it, and um, the ship, the guys on the ship are pretty savvy. But the captain himself, mm-hmm. through amazingly awful situations, kept his head about him and 
really was a hero. He was he was big time hero, and he figured out a way to save the crew, so they didn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. But in doing that, he got kidnapped by the pirates and was out in the lifeboat that came with the ship. And you were thinking that maybe this was going to get boring or something like that. But no, they they really hit really well on the personalities of the pirates mm-hmm. and the desperation and the and the weird um, uh, relationships that they had between each other. And we follow this captain who has just horrendous things happen to him. But in the long run, he he does some pretty cool stuff. Do you know what my Kodak moment of the movie was? Yeah. The part that, that no, got me the most? What? It is a very bland part, I guess, non-exciting part. But he's, he had seen some people, I think maybe it was after the first attempt where the two boats came towards him and they realized it wasn't going to work and they backed off. And he s- sent an email to his wife mm-hmm. and said, Basically, all is going well. Miss you. Just this little short. I'll I'll contact you when I get to port. You know, right. just sent this little message off. Love you. All the while, knowing that those pirates gonna, could come, come back, back. Yeah. with reinforcements. You right. know, right. and and to me, I don't know why that part spoke volumes of this man that he didn't want his wife to worry that. Yeah. You know, he knew that this was kind of dangerous. Is that our dog area. snoring? Yes, our dog snoring. It was that's why I was going like that, moving my head. Ugh. Our dog snoring. So um, sorry, but to me that was kind of a powerful little segment of the film. Just where he lies to his wife. Well, it's not nice that he lies, but I think he was not wanting her to worry. Yeah. You know, he was just like. Yeah. Like I, he didn't say God's got it under control, but he was kind of that attitude, you know, everything's it's going to be okay. Going to be okay. I'll contact you <coughs> when I And and then, you know, all through I remember watching it the very beginning there was hardly any words. The wife looked like she worked in a medical clinic of mm-hmm. some kind, had scrubs on and you know, she was going to take him to get on the boat and they had a son still at home and and he had his picture of his wife and, you know, his family. And mm-hmm. and he was packing up his stuff to go on the trip. And this is how they spent their a married life of, yeah. where he'd be gone for months at a time and then mm-hmm. he'd be home. And then and it was kind of they hardly talked. And yet it was you could see this was their rhythm mm-hmm. of their life. This mm-hmm. was their normal. Yeah. And you could see. He was going to miss his family by his, you know, packing up their photo to take with him. And then you saw that photo in several different scenes in the mm-hmm. movie that, you know, he was doing this to support his family, to be a provider. And then at, at one point in the movie, he didn't think he'd ever see him again. Yeah. And it got it got to the point where it was. Um, got they, pretty it, intense. Well, they brought the in the military and like three oh, battleships wow. came in and mm-hmm. and the C- navy seals showed up and yeah special forces and, and this is all like, true now by the way that was kind of creepy and they tr- you know they they uh put listening devices on the little boat and everything and they the uh, pirates were dumb and they they believed what the you know what the military was telling them that they were going to work everything out and they were going to get money for this you know giving the captain back and all that stuff 
Well, what finally happened, and it was a very... Um, the end of the movie, I thought, was probably the most emotional and hard part of the movie because this is where I think Tom Hanks need a, needs awards for his performance. Mm-hmm. Now, I've seen a lot of Tom Hanks movies, and he's just he's a good actor. But in this one... It was so dang convincing. You didn't even know it was Tom Hanks. I mean, you you basically got to the point where he was that captain. And mm-hmm. there was a particular scene, and here's a spoiler alert here, where um, they have to take out the pirates, basically. Mm-hmm. and they, But they don't want to kill the captain. And finally, there's a green light, and when they shoot, the scene that we see, we don't see the terrorists get killed, or the pirates get killed, but we see their blood splash all over... And he's, the captain, he's, and he's blindfolded. He's blindfolded. So he doesn't and, know what that is. Yeah, he's blindfolded and tied up. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to get the blindfold off, but he has to try to wiggle it off. But he's. It's but awkward. all the meanwhile, he's got blood from these these blood pirates all, all over, over him. him. And so, so then they come and they grab a hold of him, and you know, we don't know unless we've been unless you've been through a tragic situation. You don't know what it's like. Well, and he had been beaten at that point. Right. And so he was in shock when they came and got him. Mm-hmm. And they got him back to the ship, uh, to the battleship. And they put him, got him down to the infirmary. And he's not talking a whole lot right now because he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's in shock. They, they try to get to ask him, who are you? Do you know your name? Do you know where you're at? All this stuff. And he kind of answers them loosely, he, but he's he's not kind of, he's yeah, in a daze. he can hardly talk because he's in shock. So they get him down to sick bay or to the to the infirmary, and they cut his shirt off, you know, because they're going to check him and, and they're everything. they're trying to talk to him and ask and they, him questions. And, and they're and... trying to talk to him. And he, he reacted like you would think somebody that had been through something like that would react in a, in, just horrified. But he did it in such a way that it, it was riveting. Yeah. And I mean, you could see the the uh, the professionals trying to help him. Mm-hmm. You know, the doctors trying to help him and everything, and talking him through stuff. But you saw the anguish and the shock and the the all of that go on in his face and his emotions. Now, I was blown away. Didn't you read, do a little research, and read somewhere that, um, in real life, the real Captain Phillips actually kind of lost his memory of that that in part yeah who i don't know who you were talking about but um i guess the the part that um he didn't he didn't remember because of the shock and everything uh-huh. he actually didn't remember uh, from the point that um they shot the guys until he was in the sick bay and everything so yeah he might he d- have kind of blacked out a little bit or something well i think whatever it is in the human being well, that plus, blocks that kind of stuff plus out they stopped giving him water they stopped feeding right. him so, so he's he probably was, dehydrated he, yeah. and it was hot and out, but of you know, course they have the everything weather. documented on what you know they could yeah. hear what was going on inside the place mm-hmm. and anyway um so we saw this guy who basically was a hero yeah, he did all that to save his crew, even knowing yeah, that they that could he's kill probably going to be killed. Yeah, but they did rescue him. And what I was surprised at now, me, mm-hmm. if I had gone through something like that, I would have changed careers. I would never do that again. I just wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, was it two thousand nine, ten, eleven? I think three years later he was back on the ocean. Now it doesn't say where he was sailing. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gone back to that area, but that he did go back to work. Yeah doing that so well, that had been his career and, and the one they had one guy one of the pirates lived 
um, because they had convinced him to come over to the warship and negotiate. And they uh, convicted him of piracy, and he's serving 33 years in a prison in Indiana, I think. So Well, and, and sadly, it, he's probably getting the best meals of his life. I know. You know, it's... It the I have to say they portrayed the pir- It was different they than portrayed I expected. The pirates. It wasn't like a diehard movie where the terrorists are these real bad guys that are, you know, it, it wasn't like that. It wasn't a, it was it was real real life. It's they they were convincing and yet at the same time you knew, I mean, they, the actors they got to portray them. Wow, they were good. They were so, they good, were so good. And they looked like starving African men. Yeah, they did a great job and at making them look desperate. They did look desperate. And, you know, desperate people do desperate things. And I'm not saying that piracy is right at no, all. No, no. But I'm saying that when you go to a third world country... And you see the starvation, you see the illness and the poverty, you can understand why sometimes people go to the go to yeah. yeah do things like that. When our daughter brought back footage of her trip to Africa, and they had been stuck in a giant mud hole with their vehicle because they'd they'd had some torrential rains just a horrible rainstorm and and they don't have the infrastructure to handle water like we would in most of the united states even though sometimes we have flooding here too but things they don't have paved roads everywhere so they were on this this um road trip that took four hours or so to get somewhere maybe it was seven i can't remember it was this long road trip to go where they're going to be building a school and a church they got stuck in this giant mud hole, and it was four women traveling by themselves, and and um, some of the the native men um, and boys came to help push them out, and they were just so kind and so you know thoughtful to help these women out. But I just looking at them, I just thought. Their arms and legs were so thin, and you know, it reminded me when I saw those um, pirates. The actors they got looked very similar to the the young men and and stuff that had helped my daughter in Africa get out yeah. of that mud hole, and that made me think, you know, whose sons and whose brothers yeah. and whose fathers were those people and. Know what pushed them to to yeah. make such awful decisions in yeah. their lives? Desperation, and, and yeah, trying to help their people. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not excusing what they did, but when you see such poverty, that's that's one thing. You know, I know you went down to Mexico. I don't know how many times. Many. Eight, nine, ten times. Oh, I don't, I don't well, know. I don't think that many times. That you went down a lot. Just of a times. few times. Uh, yeah. Seem like a lot, yeah. Um, and you went down to orphanages down there in villages that were very, very poor dirt floor shacks, eight kids in you know, like one room. I don't know how they lived, garbage everywhere because they don't have any garbage collection, they didn't even have running water, they just had a bucket 
uh, a barrel that they would get water, pay for water, and that would be what they would drink and cook and clean with. And mm -hmm. such poverty. And people, when they would get mad about people coming across our borders illegally, I thought, have any of them been in those villages? Probably not. To see the yeah. hunger? Yeah. To see the lack of clean water, yeah. So the, to the, see so, the lack of yeah. medical care. So the movie like, really wow. did it. It did a good job at showing wh the bo why somebody would do something like that. Yeah. And but they did a great. They did a really good job. So the movie itself really was a, a movie about uh, sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And even the captain even kind of tried to help one of the pirates because he was a young, he was just a kid. And uh, his feet were hurt and stuff, but um, he tried to help him, and that kid tried to help the captain a little bit. And but he, of course, in the end, it wasn't a good situation. But but it was just a, a really interesting show about somebody uh, who who had been through a horrific experience, but had basically given his life to save his crew, and then tried his hardest to keep it together so he could see his family again, and mm -hmm. and he was able to and. It was a, it was a great story about the uh, the men and women of our military force mm -hmm. and their compassion and their um, their expertise. I wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of the Navy SEALs. Yeah. Wow. What a what an amazing kind of group scary, of guys. But yeah. yeah. I mean, but it was. It, I'm whole, sure the, Captain the Phillips' just, what, family were thankful yeah, for them. Yeah, I'm sure. They, I'm sure they are still are. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyway, out of that that movie, there, I would actually again recommend to, uh, of course, adults. Yeah. Because there were some pretty rough situations. It wouldn't it. be good for young kids. It would give them nightmares. But um, <laughs> actually, yeah, it it was really the biggest part that was emotional for me. I mean, I didn't like some. There was tension, and I didn't like the part when they boarded the ship and i mean all these different things were i mean it's just i was uncomfortable with it but i was more moved and touched by tom hanks performance after the after he was rescued mm -hmm. there was something about it that was so dang real well, that it uh it just it just moved me and i thought wow i think the fact that it was based on something that really happened yeah that changes a lot for made me made it a lot more <laughs> crazy yeah yeah but it just he did a, such a great job. He deserves awards for that one. Yeah. So just for that part alone, I would recommend watching the movie because mm -hmm. Tom Hanks, out. I've never seen him act like that before. He was fantastic. I mean, I've seen him do some really fun stuff, mm -hmm. but that was nuts. I mean, that was over the top and not in a bad way, but it was very believable. You know, you didn't the even, first time yeah. I remember seeing Tom Hanks in a movie is when he, he was in a movie with a giant dog. Oh. Um, do you remember Turner and Hooch yeah, or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. That was back in when the, he was in Sleepless in Seattle. But I think Turner and Hooch, we watched it at your grandma's house yeah. before we got married. That yeah. was probably 1986. So he's been acting. Well, we were married in 1986. 86. Well, so it might be 85. I don't know. It was a long wow. time ago. Yeah. And it was probably maybe before that because we watched it on TV, I think. Yeah. So, so, I mean, he's been acting since the early 80s, maybe before. Hey, man, he's Woody from uh, Toy Story. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Don't give me like that. What are you looking at me like that for? Stop it. Okay, okay so rewind it. No, we're done. <laughs> we're done. We have to. We have to go. Okay. I've got to get things done, and uh, so there you go. Um. Okay. So, uh, what what did you give? How many stars did you give that particular movie out of five? Well, 
Uh, it's hard because it wouldn't be something I would watch very often because it's kind of intense. I would probably give it a four out of five just because well, it, it wasn't was, a feel good movie. If it was a feel good movie. It might have been different. Yeah. I, I wouldn't give it five out of five because it wouldn't be something I could watch over and over. Yeah, I wouldn't. But, I but I'm I might be able to watch it one more time, but that's about it. Yeah, I don't. There's not a lot of movies I want to watch more than once. Yeah. So there you go. We recommend it and uh, thought would, it had some redeeming qualities. How to many it. stars would, would you give The Butler? The Butler? I'd say that's close up there of four. Yeah. I think they're both like fours out of five. Yeah. Except for, I think. The only thing I, the only thing I didn't like about The Butler yeah. was the end got a little bit too preachy in, in its politicalness. I don't know how to describe it. It was like, um, I don't know. It, it just it just went over the top at the end a little bit, and I was like, eh, I don't well, know. Well, I I appreciated it from the point. I I don't think I'll ruin it too much, but at the end, the butler was amazed because he came from the point where they killed people of his color to, for just any reason whatsoever. Just to an African American like becoming it. president. Yeah, and he and his wife were just thrilled and had big, huge Obama signs. And, you know, and I can see where he was coming from. And, you know, even even if you don't have the same political views, I think you can see after everything he went through from not even being able to get paid a decent wage. You're still going on, you know that. Yeah, to the thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I I was like, I'm not even sure if I can do this podcast. Yet, now she's I'm just so going and going. going. So I will close. Why don't you pray and then I'll do our What would I pray about? Life. Go ahead. <laughs> Okay, Lord, thank you for everybody that's listening, and uh, thank you for providing um, entertainment and movies like this that we can uh, be inspired by and also um, learn from. And uh, I pray, God, that uh, you would help every single one of our listeners have an amazing week and that you would uh, continue to help us with our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You and go. you can get a hold of us. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know how your experiment is going. Yeah, we haven't heard anybody from the ten dollar challenge. So I mean, I've talked to uh, Daniel. Was, is talked to me a little bit about what he was going to be doing. So everyone, try to do the ten dollar challenge and, write and then to write to us about what happened. Um, you can get a hold of us at Rick at takenwithyou.com or Amy at takenwithyou.com or find us on Facebook. Yeah, Facebook.com forward slash Rick.Moyer or Facebook.com forward slash Amy.Moyer. Um, this has been a Moyer Multimedia LLC production copyright 2014. We'd love to hear from you and have a great week. Yeah, have an awesome one. See you at the movies. Uh, uh, uh.